0: Hi, fandom friends. You're listening to Tag T for Swears, a semi-academic podcast about fandom, fan culture, fanfic, and friendship. I'm Hannah Davey. And I'm Becca. And we are going to be talking about our good friend, the only fanfiction platform that I really use, AO3. <laughs> Mostly we're going to be talking about the tags and search functionality. I don't know. I'm thinking of this almost as like a primer for how to use AO3, which I never had. I sort of just dove in there, but uh, a primer
1: would yeah, be Yeah, nice. same. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have a lot of thoughts and opinions about like tag structures and the way that things are organized and how searchable things are. <laughs> Ooh. So I'm very excited to talk about this.
0: Yeah, I've just been sort of messing around with it I feel like it's the functionality has increased over time since I started using it back in like what 2014 2015 something like that
1: yeah I mean I guess in that sense I I started browsing around on AO3 much much later um and so I don't know that I can compare to what it was like you know back at the very beginning or even you know five years ago necessarily was the
0: beginning i was pretty late to the game too
1: 2015 was not i believe it started in 2008 actually oh wow um yeah which is pretty early um yeah i have have this written down somewhere (laughs) okay yeah Uh, Um, becca approached
0: this with a gigantic page of notes that i'm very excited (laughs) to be led through um but we are talking about ao3 which is archive of our own so the The three applies to the number of O's in the (laughs) title, which I always find adorable. I don't know. I think it's cute.
1: It is. No, I really like that. I remember the first time, you I think I had, I heard of like AO3 and Archive of Our Own somehow separately. And so it didn't occur to me until I actually went on the website that they they were the same thing. Yes. Owned by the (laughs) Organization for Transformative Works, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So they also... They do a lot of really cool stuff. I know that they have Mm -hmm. like a legal fund for fan work issues. Um, Mm -hmm. They have a journal um, Mm -hmm. where you can, yeah. So it's actually, it's all available uh, for free to read. It's all open access. I don't know the website off the top of my head, but I can look it up. But it's like the Journal of Transformative Works or something to that effect. I should know this, I reference it all the time.
0: But, you know, it's an object permanence thing. The minute you close the tab, it doesn't exist anymore. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so, like, they, yeah, Legal Fund, they have a journal. They have, as a part of AO3, they've got sort of, like, this, not adoption. That's not the term I'm looking for. Oh, my gosh. Um, but they, you can adopt
0: children through AO3.
1: <laughs> you, can ad- you can adopt your own fandom child on AO3. Oh, my God. <laughs> They have a thing where they go in and, like, they help out, you know, like, smaller, um, other smaller archives, websites, that sort of thing. Um, it's, oh, it's Open Doors. Transformative Works and Cultures is the name of the journal. Okay. Open Doors is the name of the project, um, where they offer shelter to at-risk fanish content. Um, so it's basically, mm-hmm. like, a rescue effort, I guess, is how they describe it, um, for archiving and preserving different, uh, fan works. So it's basically their version of, like, a special collection. Um, okay which like special collections is another thing that you can find in uh, most like archives and libraries. Hmm. So they have like the fan culture preservation project, the GeoCities rescue project ah. and the Yahoo groups rescue project. So these are oh. both for um, sort of like online hosting sites that closed mm-hmm. with varying degrees of recency. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yahoo groups closed actually just this year, 2020. Um, and then GeoCities closed. A very, very long time ago.
0: (laughs) I was in Yahoo groups, actually, to get... Were uh, you? Yeah, well, for for jobs um, in the theater world, specifically.
1: But back back to AO3.
0: (laughs) So, yeah, so they host... other like old content this is really interesting to me because i get just be from being on tumblr i get little bits and bobs of fandom history and i've sat down and read kind of the walkthrough posts of people's experiences with that but again once i close that tab i forget basically everything um (laughs) so this will be a good this will be a good little archiving project of our own where we (laughs) talk about this and then we have said it out loud with our voices and it was real so that means that
1: we'll It'll stay with us, definitely. I can definitely. tell you that I personally remember everything that I have ever said out loud. <laughs> and then okay. I usually think about it very late at night before I go to bed. Only the
0: shameful stuff, yeah. Only the shameful yeah. stuff sticks around. <laughs> uh. So tell me tell me the history of archiving fandom content, please.
1: Oh boy. Um, so I mean, I guess as a start, this is mostly talking about online fandom content um yeah there's there are also i mean like i know that there are university archives who are actually creating collections of like fanzines and other like physical fandom items which is also super cool yeah um i know that the university of iowa has like a fandom special collections Hmm. they also have this is completely off topic but they do have um a, I believe, a crowdsourcing project where you can go in and transcribe some of the fanzines as well as other like digital items. So if you're ever in the mood to like sit and just like type up a bunch of stuff, um, there's some pretty cool stuff on there.
0: Yeah, I remember reading one of those like history of fandom posts that was talking about how um, Star Trek zines were just like passed around to each other like yeah. mail it around I guess so everyone could read all of your like nice romantic the Spurk Spurk is the worst <laughs> ship
1: name oh, it's so bad <laughs> <Spirk>. <laughs> that's it's awful like Spones is any better any, they're just Spock is no bad
0: any... <laughs> like I I do ship Spock with just about everyone but he makes it sound bad
1: <laughs> There's no good way to, like, make a portmanteau with the name Spock. Either half of it. There's just, you can't do it.
0: Spuhura. Does that,
1: that's nothing. (laughs) Spotty. (laughs) Actually, that's not the worst. (laughs) It's better than anything else so far. I
0: suppose. It's a real word. (laughs)
1: Spooloo. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay <laughs> and this i think ends the number of crew members <laughs> oh wait oh you can't you can't do that with a child though
1: no yeah no that's <laughs> we'll pass on that one
0: Spec of is bad Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> no we're not doing this we're not Chakak? Chakak. Oops. Oops. (laughs) Nope, not that one.
1: That would be the ship name, though. (laughs) It would. Oh, man, these are all very bad. (laughs) Yeah, I (laughs) know. Spock is just simultaneously very, very shippable and entirely unshippable.
0: Yeah, the naming convention is terrible when you get there.
1: (laughs) I forgot where we were.
0: Sorry, we were talking about passing, passing around, around
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Yeah, no, I mean, I will say I don't know loads about like pre-internet fandom. And that is something that I would love to learn more about. I do know that was a lot of just like... We can stick to the internet. Yeah, I mean, that's what we're going to stick with today because I don't know enough about anything else. Yeah. But that that's on my list of things to research because I've been waiting for an excuse to look stuff up about it. so that'll be some future episode Mm -hmm. it's gonna be great Mm
0: -hmm.
1: preserving digital items though so I guess like as sort of a precursor to all of this I feel like I should give an introduction I studied library and information science which is how I know so much about archiving and which is why I'm so excited about it yes and so when it comes to preserving like digital things the problem with that is that everything on the internet is very ephemeral right Mm -hmm. so like anything that you see like it's there for like a minute and then disappears so, so easily. Mm -hmm. So with like a book or a zine or something like that, there are methods of preserving that where you can make it last for quite a long time. You know, you can read books from, I don't know, like the 1800s or something without too much difficulty, but trying to find something from like early 1990s internet is almost impossible. So you have certain websites now that will go around. So you have like the internet archive, for example, archive.org that goes around and actually takes almost like screenshots, but you can interact with it, um, but they take snaps of websites so that you can then revisit them, you know, however many years down the road, just in, in some sort of effort to preserve the internet and like the content that's available on it. But even with that, you know, it only preserves certain things because the internet's just so large, it's impossible to save everything. Mm-hmm. That's sort of the big challenge to preserving fandom content yeah. online.
0: I mean, I've definitely run into the moment where you go to look back through your fic catalog and stuff's just missing.
1: Yeah, it just disappears.
0: I did a slog through recently to look for old uh, Adventure Zone fics and I was like three, four were just straight up gone. And the worst one was a Pacific Rim fic that I loved and um, it was called Designations Congruent with Things. It was massive. Mm -hmm. And very interestingly written and there was a ton of content made around it which was super fascinating like people made a lot of podfic around it so the person who wrote it i think wrote some straight up like audio dramas for it people wrote oh, cool. songs based on it too and it was all i found a dropbox that someone had stored it at because they'd ripped it offline before whoever was who wrote it took it down and like their their tumblr is gone their everything i remember about the author is gone but someone wow. else saved it and I was like so grateful that's amazing <laughs> And I did download it and I do keep it <laughs> I do oh, need it <laughs> but oh my god I was... do the same
1: thing now with like some of my absolute favorites I'm like I'll download that shit because like mm. I need it <laughs> yeah <laughs> and that's one of the amazing things that I'll talk about with AO3 in a minute <laughs> okay yes Jumping back a little bit to like stuff at the beginning um, and like how we got here because I find that really interesting and I hope that everyone else will too. Totally. I
0: wonder so much about the 90s fandom because that's when the internet was kind of kicking off. I remember like I was a child of the 90s and Mm I remember that beginning.
1: Yeah, same. Yeah, so like with your early to mid, you know, like 90s fan, internet fandom, um, you have sort of like this migration from like offline fandom which I had mentioned earlier that I don't know loads about where people are like physically passing around items or like meeting up at cons that kind of thing to trade fix and so then with sort of the rise of the internet and with more accessibility of the internet you know it's more popular you have computers and you know in your home now and so Mm -hmm. it's easier to access and so of course you know online communities began to flourish online uh, Mm -hmm. because it's so much easier than physically (laughs) mailing a zine to someone (laughs) Uh, cheaper too and and cheaper. I guess it depends on how much you have to pay for internet. I don't know how much an internet bill looked like in the 90s. God, yeah. <laughs> but um so like in terms of finding fan fiction online in like the mid 90s to like mid to late 90s mostly into the 2000s as well, but mostly mid to late 90s, um you would find fan fiction on fandom specific archives. So these were archives that usually revolved around either like a particular fandom um, so you had things like the Gossamer Project, which collected X Files fan fiction, mm. um, Trekkiverse, which collected Star Trek fiction. Um, you can actually still access both of these. Whoa! Are they still updated? No, not okay. that I could tell. Um, but you can still click around. You can see what's on there. Um, wow. I know because I looked like two days ago. <laughs> nice. They're still up and running. Um, not active, but they're still there. Yeah. But yeah. So these archives are based around um, particular fandoms or around particular like themes. There were archives um, such as slash fanfiction on the net that would just collect slash fic, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm.
0: When you say slash fic, what is that?
1: So that's just I mostly like queer fic. Um, so I think the term slash actually originated, I want to say in the 90s, but I could be making that up. I don't have anything to back my claim there. <laughs> sure. <laughs> that's sort of where the way that we write ships originated a little bit because you know how mm-hmm. if you're writing on a ship you'll put you know character slash character
0: and the slash implies some sort of romantic connection
1: right exactly mm-hmm. i think originally i want to say that slash was primarily or exclusively referred to like gay relationships like men yeah, like okay. male. Yeah, specifically like <laughs> male male pairings. Okay. Some people still call it like slash and fem slash. Oh yeah, I've like seen I've that. seen that yeah. a lot as mm-hmm. well. Where like people will still like use slash to refer to like male pairings and fem slash to re- refer to female pairings.
0: Yeah, although on Ao3, it's slash no matter where the gender of the couple.
1: Right. Although some people will still tag it as like femme slash. So like the way that it is written um on AO3 like if you're searching for a relationship is delineated within a slash but some people will still like tag particular works fem slash or like if they're talking generally about fix then they might refer to something as like mm. slash or fem slash fun fandom terminology yeah I just um. want to take that little moment there to <laughs> yeah definitely that no that's one. a good point so in creating these sort of like fandom or theme specific archives, writers could sort of like submit their work to a particular archive um, and then volunteer archivists would format it, would file it, and then would post those stories to that particular archive.
0: Oh, cool. I want that job. I wish that was still a job. I love formatting.
1: (laughs) I know. Well, the thing is like, it's not like a job that they were being paid for. I mean, it's like with most fan fiction now, it's like, it's entirely volunteer, which I can't even imagine how much work that would have been. Um, and how, how much effort.
0: Thing. That is a lot, though, yeah. I mean, I taught myself I HTML to deal with formatting stuff. <laughs> like, I put that on my resume. I do not tell people how I learned to do, to do HTML.
1: I think I first learned HTML when I was in fifth grade, and I wanted to customize my Neopet store.
0: Neopets? oh! I never did Neopets. Amazing, amazing introduction.
1: <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs>
0: So people were doing all for free bowls.
1: Yep. People were doing incredible amounts of work for free. Um, so with these archives, as I think with like a lot of just early 90s websites in general, you would get a lot of content on these websites, just like a vast quantities of fan fiction. But it's a 90s website. So like the search functions were like barely adequate. <laughs> yeah. um, so like you would have like older stories that would just sort of like get buried by new submissions it was really difficult to search for, like, a particular character or a particular pairing, so you just kind of had to, like, scroll through until you found what you want, or you just read everything. You couldn't sort either by, like,
0: oh man, I'm just thinking about all the ways that I use AO3 now, and I'm like, sort by kudos, and oh god, I'm spoiled.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, so with these archives, you just kind of gotta, like, hope for the best I guess or just like be really dedicated to scrolling or to reading a lot of content
0: or I imagine there was probably recommendation boards I like,
1: bet there probably were how I got um, into
0: fanfic a little more seriously was I was f- a friend like a real life friend in college was really into it and would post some of her favorites and like list them out by a fandom and stuff so maybe oh, that that's was a cool. practice. that's pretty common
1: I bet that probably was I don't no, for sure. This is me all just like repeating stories that I've heard. I was not actually active within these fandom spaces in the 90s. No. Um, because no, I was we were also a child. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, like, I didn't reach double digits until like the 2000s.
1: <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, this is mostly hearsay. Um, I imagine probably there were recommendation lists that went around. I know that like email listservs were also a thing.
0: Oh. Um,
1: yeah, so I... Imagine that probably there were folks who would give recommendations there as well.
0: Mostly, I just think of this because I know that there's some fix on Ao3 that have been going pretty far back. I think probably from the 90s, just good omens stuff, um, mm-hmm. and some of those were archived on Archive Ever own, but you know, were popular in the fandom. And the only way to really like maintain that popularity is if it's passed around or talked about, and within the fandom space, definitely.
1: Um, Yeah, no, that's a very good point though. I bet that there were like recommendation lists or just yeah, word of mouth. Beyond just like how difficult it was to search for things and find things if it wasn't recommended to you. I mean, you had mentioned this earlier, I think when you mentioned one of your, um, some of the the fic that you really liked that just completely disappeared. Mm -hmm. Um, These archives relied entirely on these volunteer archivists. Um, And so if anything happened to the archivist, if the archivist left the fandom, or if they just kind of got too busy with life outside of fandom. Yeah. Not just fix, but entire archives could just disappear. Oh my god. If they stopped updating, if the domain expired and wasn't renewed, the archive could just vanish overnight. Hmm. Yeah. Which is stressful to imagine. And if you think about it, there were, you know, particularly small fandoms might have revolved around just a single archive. Yeah. Um, and so if that archive disappears, the entire fandom community just vanishes. Oh my god. Unless there's some other way you know, some other form of community that they had created, a lot of them, you know, communities were created within these archives. And then once the archive was gone, that was it, there wasn't really anything else. Because this is sort of pre social media. Mm-hmm. Unideal, as you can imagine.
0: Dangerous. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So that was sort of what was going on in like, the mid to late 90s. And then we kind of get to the early to late 2000s and we have the introduction and the rise of LiveJournal and fanfiction.net, which I imagine is where like a lot of folks kind of in our generation were first yeah. introduced to fan fiction <laughs> mm-hmm. I never was
0: but yes well <laughs> that's not true the very first time that I went to look for Harry Potter fan fiction I was mm-hmm. definitely on fan fiction but I, th- I swear I typed into Google though like Harry Potter fan fiction and like whatever yeah. came up I was like okay and that is why I did not enjoy
1: <laughs> yeah I
0: have very specific tastes <laughs>
1: I wonder if fanfiction.net is still one of the top things that comes up if you type in Harry Potter fanfiction. Absolutely. Now not. I kind of well, want to know.
0: Not with my search history. It knows I like AO3. You know, it's always learning from me and shit. Now we have, like, no I mean, data I'm privacy. searching
1: now. Okay, go. Fanfiction.net is still the first thing that comes really? up for me, even though I pretty much exclusively use AO3. Interesting. Um, yeah, we have fanfiction.net and then Harry harrypotterfanfiction.com. And then an article about the 50 must-read Harry Potter fan fictions. Oh, and delight. then AO3 comes up.
0: Is Shoebox Project on there? Shoebox Project is on everything, and I never Probably. It, it really
1: ought to be. I don't give a shit about it. <laughs> <laughs> I really liked it. But it's I think, fine. like, I was more... See, when I first got into Harry Potter fan fiction, I was actually more interested in, like, Marauders-era fic than I was in, like, Canon-era fic. And uh, so that could also be why I was mm-hmm. more interested in Shoebox Project. Fair enough i know it's not everyone's jam but
0: it was just really weird because so many people recommended it so hard to me and i read it and i was like this is fine i don't know these people (laughs) they were in one (laughs) scene in one book that was like pretty good Mm -hmm. but that's it
1: (laughs) i think that's why it appealed to me um
0: yeah i mean as a writer it'd be more fun like you have to play with there
1: Mm mm-hmm yeah and i guess i just like i felt like there was a lot of possibility i think it was also kind of mad because i did ship like Sirius and lupin and i was kind of mad at how lupin was treated in like the last book and i was like all right this feels weird like i feel like there was a better way to do this so
0: i also feel like i didn't get all of the shoebox project like i would look at the shoebox project and i could never i was like surely there's more of this to read like it didn't feel like there was enough and i'm like i I think there's more somewhere, but I could never find it. I'm really bad at finding things.
1: <laughs> yeah. There was like 20 something chapters.
0: Yeah. I fully did not read that much of it. I, oh, I was no. like, I found some weird chunk. I don't know what the hell was going on. I don't know. Huh. My experience with the shoebox project has been strange.
1: I think it's all collected on a website now. I'll oh, send you a link if you want. Okay. Sure. Yeah.
0: You can send me one. I'll try it again. Um, yeah. I think about that sometimes about all the popularity of some of these fics or authors and mm-hmm. I have, I have things to say about fic authors um, as creators as well, because I've followed people into fandoms because I liked the way that they wrote uh, mm-hmm. and followed them out of fandom and into their original works because I liked what they did too, which is interesting in and of itself. But yeah, we can stick with, I'm so sorry. I keep derailing us. Let's talk about no, that's this totally fine. Uh, early to late 2000s archiving. Live journal and fanfiction.net I am curious about because I know that this is where, things started falling apart and kind of the, the basis was laid for the need for a, uh, what would what, what I say, impartial archiving process.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess that's like an accurate way of phrasing it, definitely. Late 2000s, fanfiction.net, LiveJournal. Um, I think one of the main differences between these was first that now authors are able to post and control their own stories, so they don't have to rely on these fan archivists to hand code submissions anymore, um, which makes it much easier to participate. You don't have to send it through anyone else. You can just post your own stuff whenever you want. Mm-hmm. This also kind of, like, this is where I think the idea of a more, like, unified fan community and like a unified fan culture emerges because you have these platforms now that instead of more isolated fandom archives, you have these larger archives that are bringing together fans of all different kinds of media. You know, it's not just like Star Trek over here and, you know, X-Files over here. You have everything, whatever you want, it's all together in the same place. Yeah, And so in that sense, that's sort of like, is a shift from you know, what fandom online fandom spaces looked like previous to that. You also have kind of the emergence of some, like, basic search functions, although still somewhat limited. Like I didn't really use fanfiction.net or LiveJournal very much. You can search by ships time, and... By fandom.
0: You'd have to be able to search by fandom if you're collecting that I mean, many yeah. different fandoms together. Like, oh my god, you don't want to have to scroll <laughs> through fandoms you don't even know about to get you to You can something. search by
1: crossover... Um, or exclude crossover. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that was like an original function or a newer function. That's something I guess I could I could go back and see. I could double check on archive.org.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so this was sort of. I mean, fanfiction flourished on fanfiction.net. It's still, I believe, the largest fanfiction archive. Um, I believe fanfiction.net is still larger than AO3, but it's not it's no longer the most used. AO3 surpassed it in terms of like user base, but, oh, okay. or I guess like interesting how much it is used, okay. but <laughs> fanfiction on it still has the quantity of fanfiction, which yeah, I feel like just goes to show just like how much was produced on there in a relatively short period of time. Because if AO3 was created in 2008 and began to rise very, very quickly, And fanfiction.net and LiveJournal kind of started going down right around that same time. So you figure in the same span of, like, 10 years on each side, the fact that fanfiction.net is still larger, like, that's wild to be.
0: impressive. I am shocked by that. I am sure a lot is cross-posted, too. I've seen a fair amount from people who are the Mm -hmm. fandom olds. Like, they have stuff cross-posted. They're, like, from my LiveJournal and all this kind of stuff. It's fascinating. Yeah,
1: definitely. But, yeah, so um, I feel like like the live journal strike through and like the fanfiction.net purge you s- like comes up on Tumblr quite a lot. Um, yeah. I feel like I've seen it mentioned several times. So, I guess like as some background context, um both of these websites kind of came about around the same time as other like online social networks and the rise of what's sort of called like remix production culture. So that's kind of similar to like YouTube or other you know, at, the t- at the at the time other startups <laughs> um, that were kind of dedicated just to user created content. So that would now you know like we still have YouTube, but that would also be similar to like TikTok or like Vine. You know, Rip.
0: <laughs> oh, I miss Vine. <laughs> I, I mean, like we have that sort of thing with podcasting now too, as demonstrated by us starting a podcast randomly. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah definitely. Um, so yeah, you have kind of all of this like user created content going up online and this is becoming like
0: more popular and also just easier to do huge market too everyone wants to make huge
1: market have an audience and a platform for that definitely and the internet makes that super easy anybody can post anything they want and somebody will take a look at it at least once
0: very true (laughs) it's (laughs) frighteningly true sometimes
1: (laughs) yep (laughs) yeah and so naturally along with like this kind of increasing interest in these social networks in these, you know, user created content platforms, you have like greater visibility and the desire to either monetize user generated content, or to regulate or restrict the content that's available. So it's, you know, if I can't make money off of this, and at least I can control what's being put out there. (laughs) You saw that with the Tumblr purge. (laughs) We saw that with the Tumblr purge in twenty. When was it 2018?
0: Yeah, it was recent.
1: Yeah, pretty recent. Uh, I mean, that's almost exactly what happened with fanfiction.net and with LiveJournal.
0: It keeps happening, too. OnlyFans, it happened as well, which was pretty much, as far as I understand, exclusively a website for selling your nudes. And now they're like, no nudes. (laughs) And it's like, what are you going to sell then? Yeah.
1: (laughs) Why even, why does this site exist if not for selling nudes? (laughs) But yeah, so this actually was earlier than I had realized fanfiction.net originally banned all sexually explicit content as well as real person fiction in 2002 holy shit that's so early that's super early Wow. yeah that was much earlier than i had realized and then i was looking back through my notes and i was like oh no that was that was way back there
0: there was definitely sexually explicit content on there post 2002 though
1: (laughs) oh for sure i would imagine and this is something that i probably should have looked more into and then forgot to but i imagine that it might have moved around a little bit to so that it wasn't banned so much as that you had to tag stuff maybe. Like that could have been where um, oh, we like got tagging lemons tags. and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, that might've been where lemons came from. Yeah,
0: I mean, no, that's not the origin of where lemon came to mean like dirty stuff, but that is, yeah, the tag.
1: Yeah, wait, what is the origin of the tag? Do you know?
0: Yeah, I think so. Oh, um, tell me. Oh
1: God.
0: <laughs> Uh, yeah, so there was a a link that would be sent around. It was kind of like a rickroll where you'd get sent a link, but it always said the same thing and it was lemon party. And if you clicked on it, then you got sent to a, I think it was a, just a static image of very old men having sex with each other. And uh, that was what it was. And so lemon just came to me like
1: it's sexually explicit. I did not know that. <laughs> thank you for telling me you're welcome (laughs) i'm sad i know this i know a lot of weird (laughs) stuff though (laughs) i'm very glad that you know this and that you shared it with me (laughs) you're welcome (laughs) okay yeah so we were at 2002 fanfiction that bans all sexually sexually explicit content um and then over time the restrictions kept growing and growing to um
0: I see Choose Your Own Adventure Stories as something that's banned on here. And I totally wrote one of those just for fun and to like play with the chapter system in AO3. It was really fun to build, I gotta say, guys.
1: That sounds super cool. Wait, is that still up? I want to check it yeah, out. Yeah, it's up. It gets notes every now and then. It's really sweet. <laughs> that's a really cool idea.
0: It was a Choose Your Own Adventure where one character was shipped with a bunch of different people. Because I was like, he's just the most shippable. So I just had him like talking to a bunch of folks and you could get him to a bunch of different end games. It was fun.
1: That's really cool. He's, uh, I guess, the, the Spock of whatever fandom this was.
0: <laughs> yeah, he was the Spock of the volleyball anime fandom <laughs> to me.
1: <laughs> Magnificent. Every fandom's got to have one. Like, there's got to be just one character that you can just ship with everyone.
0: <laughs> God, I'm so excited to just think about which one it is in each fandom, because it's totally true.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to put that on our list.
0: Yeah, we'll talk about that.
1: When we talk about shipping. Yes. <laughs>
0: but our first of many episodes about shipping i'm sure i'm sure (laughs) (laughs) yeah so they banned a whole bunch of stuff increasing the number of things that were not allowed on fanfiction.net
1: yeah a bunch of stuff apparently i was kind of surprised by some of them like i was surprised by choose your adventure stories um they also wouldn't let you post content based off of works whose authors didn't approve of fic so like i know that um who is the author of the vampire
0: and rice books
1: and rice very Anne rice litigious apparently, like yeah notoriously litigious and so They're in the Tolkien
0: you, estate. they'll fucking mm-hmm. fight you
1: yep so yeah no more no more and rice store you know fan on, on fanfiction.net i guess or you just had to be super super careful about it
0: mhm there actually does still exist a list of authors who have okayed fan fiction for their work which is really nice
1: like a list posted somewhere
0: yeah, somewhere I've heard tell. Yeah, I, in, in the oh, other podcast that I do, we talked about copyright law in our uh, one of our most recent episodes, and so mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was a just a list of authors who are cool with it and authors who are very uncool with it.
1: Oh, interesting. Hmm. I feel like I see more and more often like authors being cool with it or just generally indifferent. I feel like it's sort of not <laughs> it's like not a cool thing to be anymore if you're like super super against fan fiction.
0: I feel like a lot of the people who are making stuff now also did read or generate their own fan fiction. Like some authors have uh, done it. I can't find their accounts. Unfortunately, I would love to read Sean McGuire or Rainbow Rowell's fan Mm -hmm. fiction, but I don't know what their screen names are. And it's kind of, they're not going to tell you because it's a privacy thing. Yeah. And it's just been interesting to see how, C- creators interact with their fandoms at this point when they know fan fiction is out there. Some of them actively seek it out. I swear to god, like they'll go and <laughs> read some porn about their characters and I c- kind of have a giggle or enjoy it, I don't know. However they interact with that.
1: I just I'm just imagining like what that would be like. I feel like I would just read something and be like, "Oh no, you wrote this better than me."
0: <laughs> that would be a scary one, yeah. I yeah. <laughs> that is the hard one to navigate.
1: Yeah. I'm like, I have great appreciation for creators who are reading fan fiction of their own works, but I don't know that I would be able to do that. Not that I am a great writer or have any aspirations to become one, but.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I, I don't think I'd want to know what people could do with my characters that would be better written than me. I'd be like, oh, damn Mm. it. You're better at plot than I am because (laughs) that's my weak point.
1: (laughs) Plot's hard. (laughs) Unnecessary, frankly.
0: No, all the characters just hug. It's fine.
1: That's all you need. (laughs) But yeah, so early 2000s fanfiction.net starts cracking down on stuff. 2007 is where you have the live journal strike through, which is really similar. Um, Any journals that contain objectionable content uh, were deleted. And the thing with live journal in particular, similar to how you were saying the one fic that disappeared, like your journal, all of your work could just be deleted without warning. And for a lot of folks, that was the only Copy that they had, like they may or may not have had copies saved on their computer or like their own personal copy saved. You would post it online, and that was where it was stored. Um, and it was deleted; you lost all of that work that you'd put in. so oh, Terrible. Yeah, I I can't imagine how shitty that must have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was <laughs> becoming more and more of an issue, um, and fans were getting really you know, afraid and also really frustrated by this because you never knew what was going to disappear next. And so sort of among all of this, we get AO3. Yay. So this was sort of, yeah, hooray! So AO3 really prides itself on sort of being created you know, by fans, for fans, that sort of thing. Um, and I feel like AO3 is a really great example of like, user-centered design, um, where you can tell, like, it's just sort of embedded within the structure of AO3. The way that it's created is very much designed with fan fiction readers in mind which is kind of a cool thing. AO3 was launched in 2008, um, as I think that I mentioned before. So like we talked a little bit about sort of like the other projects and stuff that the Organization for Transformative Works has done. Mm -hmm. So like AO3 is a part of that organization. So it's not just about being a place to like dump all of the fic that you write, although it is that, you know, it's a repository, (laughs) which is, you know, a place to store stuff, but it's also about, so like the idea behind it was to preserve fandom culture so that stuff like what happened with you know the strike through with like the fanfiction.net purges wouldn't happen again and you sort of see that for example with the option to orphan your works
0: yeah I hadn't heard about this before although I've seen it as an option um on my AO3 Is like you want to orphan this and I was like I don't know what this means
1: <laughs> yeah so it's a really really cool function um and basically it gives you the option to delete your account or to like disconnect your account from a particular work without deleting the work itself um the idea being if you no longer want to be associated with that you don't have to be associated with the work but people can still enjoy your work even if you don't want any tie to it anymore Mm. and so that sort of addresses the issue that you brought up earlier where like if authors for whatever reason don't Want their fake available anymore, or like don't want to be connected with that, they have the option of orphaning it instead of deleting it entirely. Um, that way, you know, the fake and like all of the associated content, all the linked content to it doesn't just disappear overnight. You also see sort of like the option to download stuff so you can download a PDF of a fic that you like and save it for yourself. That Yay. way, just in case something does disappear, <laughs> you just you've got your own copy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and like you see that with. All the search fung- functions and stuff, too, um, which I'll get to in a second. Um, but I just want to talk for like a real quick second about AO3 as like an archive and how cool it is as just a concept because I have really strong feelings about this. Yeah. Archives in general, like archives and museums and like places where culture is preserved, has rightfully so sort of a reputation for being a little bit elitist, mm-hmm. you know, very like racist or sexist or homophobic or that sort of thing where you have sort of this small minority of folks, usually old straight white men who are deciding what is and isn't important or what kind of culture is or isn't important and worth preserving. Mm-hmm. And so in a way, AO3 is very like anti-canonical. Um, so obviously it's you know, anti-canonical in that way. It's literally <laughs> oh not canon. It's fan fiction. <laughs>
0: Good pun, Becca. Well done.
1: (laughs) Thank you. I worked really hard on it. Um, (laughs) But it's also anti-economical in that it sort of, you know, rejects the selective tradition of this, you know, this archival culture where you've got sort of a few experts who are choosing what should become cultural canon or what should be preserved and representative of a particular, you know, culture or particular subculture in this case. Mm -hmm. So AO3 is very different from that like you don't have anyone who's choosing what should or shouldn't be saved um and you don't have like any hierarchy really like anyone can submit works anyone can access the archive it's not closed off to anyone um you don't even need to have you have to have an account to post anything but you don't have to have an account to read anything or to comment Mm -hmm. and the goal is just to collect as much content as you possibly can, as opposed to rejecting any fan fiction that's not seen as good enough or as high quality, any fics that are that were formerly seen as, like, undesirable. So, like, sexually explicit content, queer content, that kind of thing. It takes all fix. It doesn't matter who the identity of the creator is. Um, and, in fact, AO3 sort of notoriously doesn't ask for any identifying information other than an email address. And the idea is generally just to archive everything possible as long as it's legal which is pretty cool in terms of like as an archive because there are very few scenarios i guess in which you can really just archive anything um and so the idea that ao3 exists as an archive that just like yeah like give us all of your fan fiction let's just we'll just save it all like that's it's a very, it's very cool it's very cool as a concept
0: I know. I like it for that. I've seen a lot of complaints about it online and people being very uncomfortable with some of the content that's posted there. And I've read some stuff on there that was, it turned out a mistake for me to read because I was something, it was something I was just not into. But I feel like AO3 has also built a pretty strong culture of content tagging and Mm -hmm. acknowledging when a piece of Writing is going to contain something that someone might find troubling um, or upsetting or puzzling or, you know, anything like that.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
0: So as long as something is tagged on it and it won't get taken down, I think that's the only hard rule there. I think people can complain about a fic if they feel like it's not tagged correctly, but that's Mm -hmm. pretty much the only reason that you get someone saying, hey, you need to fix this.
1: Mm -hmm. there's not a lot that you're required to tag, but you are required to like select archive warnings. And like, you either have to select that there aren't any or that you specifically chose not to include any. Mm -hmm. Um, And that you're required to do that is also a very cool thing. Yes,
0: very much agree. I've read a lot of like troubling, upsetting things in published books that I was Mm -hmm. like, wow, I wish I'd known about that. So I didn't have to read this book.
1: Same. There have been so many times where I wish that there was some sort of online database for published books where you could just go in and, like, search, like, search for certain, like, ships or, like, search for, you know, like, particular kinds of content.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which I guess,
1: like, Goodreads kind of is, but not... Really? Yeah.
0: Well, I feel like honestly, with some of the culture that's coming out of AO3, uh, new authors are starting to note when a work of theirs has content that could be a trigger for somebody. I was reading uh, a new a new romance novel by KJ Charles, and she had a note in the beginning. She wrote it during the coronavirus, and she says Mm. this book contains a depiction of discussion of widespread plague. And like, that was something she felt the need to note. And some authors have brought that into their works as well and include trigger warnings on the back of a book or something. I'm mostly seeing it in the romance fiction section, not that I'm thinking about it, but I was
1: going to say, it's not something that I've seen very often, but it's also been a minute since I've been reading any physical books. Everything is just online or just fan fiction.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think it depends on the authors, too. I think and McGuire has yeah. included some trigger warnings at the beginning of her mm. books or on the back or something like that. And
1: I think that's really useful practice to start doing. It really is. No, that's, a re- that's really cool. And I hope it becomes more widespread. Yeah, I mean, that kind of brings us more into, like, the tagging system on AO3, which I think uh, <laughs> was originally what system.
0: you would want to
1: I think you originally wanted to talk about tagging and i was like let me just talk about how we got to this really amazing tagging system for like <laughs> half an hour first
0: i mean valid and perfect
1: <laughs> let me give lots of unnecessary context just so i have an excuse to talk about archiving systems
0: <laughs> you've got a whole master's degree in it you should be allowed to talk about your work
1: <laughs> oh man like what makes the AO3 system as cool as it is, is that it uses a combination of controlled vocabulary and user-defined folksonomy. Um, And so basically what (laughs) that means, yeah, yeah. So controlled vocabulary is basically when you are tagging something or searching for a particular tag on AO3 and like a canonical tag comes up. So for example, if I'm looking for you know, Good Omens fan fiction. If I search for Good Omens, like there's two options that come up. There's, you know, like the TV show and then there's the book. Mm -hmm. And those are both controlled vocabulary options. So that's not just, you know, somebody decides to tag something as like Good Omens and they write it in themselves. That's something that AO3 has created as like a canonical tag. Most works that are tagged with Good Omens will be linked to that canonical tag so that you can find it. And so that's how a lot of things are made much more filterable or searchable. It makes it easier to find things because if everyone was just putting in, you know, like good omens, somebody might spell it with lowercase. Somebody might put it with uppercase. Someone might, um, you know, there might be like a spelling mistake somewhere, that kind of thing. And so if it was all just user created tags, it makes it much more difficult to search and filter because you have to be looking for like every combination or every, possible spelling or description of that show. But by using controlled vocabulary, it's already established. There's like one tag that you used for this thing and you select that tag. Does that kind of make sense? It does, but I've also seen
0: some differences popping up, which is super interesting. And I wondered about it because, um, The canonical tag for the ship that I've been looking at the most on AO3 uh, is really, really, really long Mm -hmm. because of how they pick out one character. So it's uh, the character whose name is really super fucking long is uh, Jonathan Sims slash The Archivist. Mm -hmm. I've been seeing people just putting like Jonathan Sims slash this other character and that still comes up in the tag when you click it. So I guess it's scrubbing to bring in something that's even close to that. I don't know.
1: That's because of tag wranglers. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> tag wranglers are these wonderful amazing volunteers who Aww. will go through and they'll take any tags that aren't canonical, so any like user-defined tags and they will connect it to something that is a canon tag. So my favorite example um, <laughs> that I found when I was searching through was the, uh, the meta tag or like the canon tag merpeople will also include user tags such as mermaid or merman. So that's kind of all linked to merpeople, mm-hmm. uh, but it also connects to longer tags such as I wanted a mermaid story, so I wrote one or strange and unexplained merperson anatomy. <laughs>
0: That's fantastic.
1: Yeah, it makes me really happy. Um, And so because you have these tag winglers who are going through and so connecting related tags together, um, it makes it much more searchable. So that's why you can just write in whatever you want for your tag and you don't have to worry about necessarily impacting whether or not your pick is going to be found. Um, Now, obviously, like you're more likely to be found if you're using um like the controlled vocabulary tags. So for example, if you are writing a Magnus archive spec and you just write in like your own ship tag instead of using the controlled vocabulary one, it will still come up if someone's just like writing in their own search, but it's I think less likely to come up than if you're searching like if you're searching for just that canonical tag. So like I know for me like usually when I'm using the search functions in AO3, I'll go into, you know, like fandom and select the fandom that I'm looking for. And like, if I'm looking for a particular ship, then I'll go under I'll look under that canon tag, for example, instead of just like searching in the search bar. But yeah, that's one of the amazing things about AO3 that makes it like more searchable is like this ability to use kind of like that combination of like the controlled and user defined without having to worry about it impacting the, the like search functions. You can use whatever tags you want and it'll still come up. You can still find stuff. It's funny when some tags become
0: canonical too. Like I watched the transition happen with Magnus archives where Canon, typical worms became a Canon tag. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's fantastic. Yeah. It's a good one. It, it, uh, I think the implication in that one, as far as I've been able to tell is that they're going to put some spooky shit in there and yeah. you, you better be ready for spooky shit. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Excellent. I mean, that's like, that's also very, very interesting to me. Like the way that community is formed within archives like this, and also like the way that we talk about the fandom is impacted by the tags that we use and like the stuff that we write about. And like, I talk mm-hmm. a little, like, I was going to talk about this a little bit with sort of the syntax of the tagging structure.
0: Yeah, that is really interesting to me. I'm kind of excited about, um, I don't know if you have anything about this, but how. It's when there's like a particular descriptor for a character and there's a uh, bang in the middle, the exclamation point.
1: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah.
0: I'm trying to think of an example that's not Magnus Archives related because I can't stop talking about that fucking podcast. Um,
1: like pre-Serum Steve or yes. like Desi Harry or that sort of thing.
0: Yes. But mm-hmm. there's a, a bang between the descriptor and the character.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's a really good question. I know that I've read something about the origin of that, and I don't... It's coding related, I'm pretty sure. I want to say that I read something about that in Because Internet by Gresham McCulloch, which is also fantastic, mm-hmm. and everyone should read it. That sounds good. I'm pretty sure that's where I read it, so I will check that after this. Okay, well, we'll talk about that another time. Sorry. Tell me about your
0: what you have about Syntax Crossover.
1: Yeah. Um, so, I mean, Syntax cro- Crossover... Because with AO3, which is amazing, you can create your own tags and just sort of write whatever you want. You, <laughs> you, it, that opens up a lot of doors. You can use a very alternative tagging structure. So instead of having to just tag something with like a single word or a single phrase, you can write entire sentences in the tags. I mean, I remember even like early, early Twitter and that sort of thing. Like It wasn't super common to write entire phrases. Like It was mostly just you would tag a single word. And even still, I think that's, I'm not super familiar with Twitter and that kind of thing. But I think that's still more, you're more likely to use like individual words or like maybe a short phrase on like Twitter and Instagram. Whereas on Tumblr, like I see people writing entire paragraphs in their tags.
0: I am guilty of
1: this. Oh, same.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. I love it. It's like a secret. It's like a whispered thing, you know?
1: Yeah. It's like an aside. It's kind of just like, it's a, it's a small author's note that yes. you know people can read if they want to, but. Yes.
0: And is useless completely.
1: <laughs> uh, I love it though. And I mean, I think t- so Tumblr and AO3 kind of rose to prominence right around the same time. Mm. And so I think that this is probably why we see the same kind of tagging structure or a very similar kind of tagging structure on both Tumblr and AO3. Mm-hmm. I think tags on AO3 are more likely to be like slightly more functional than tags on Tumblr. Yeah. Whereas usually. The coding's
0: better on AO3, I gotta say. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think like the tagging structure is super similar though. um, in that people do just kind of, I mean, we saw what I mentioned earlier, strange and unexplained merperson anatomy, or like I wanted to tell a mermaid, I wanted a mermaid story. And so I wrote one. Yeah.
0: Um, And
1: that's just sort of like an extra little like author's note where it's like, it doesn't necessarily tell me much about the story it just tells me that you wanted a mermaid story but that's still like I don't know like a really small connection that you have between like the author as you're reading these tags you know, this is something that the author wanted you to know and it's kind of a cool little thing
0: I think of it as a little it feels a little Terry Pratchett to me where there's like a footnote and yeah it's like oh hey there buddy <laughs> you threw me out for <laughs> a second I'm not just reading a story I'm reading your story and you have thoughts about it too and I like that <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, I like it a lot, too. It makes me wonder, too, a little bit, because again, I wasn't super big into fandom in like the live journal and like the fanfiction.net days. Um, And I know that author notes were more of a thing, particularly, you know, at the beginning of and then sometimes in the middle of and at the end of, you know, fix that people would post. Mm -hmm. And I know that this is still a thing on AO3. um, And you can still write author notes. And I'm very interested in like how that's changed or how it might be similar or like the way that author's notes and like author tags and that kind of thing are all a little bit similar and a little bit different but that's something that i don't know quite as much about
0: yeah from what i've gleaned um just reading about fandom history on tumblr and my own experience adding notes to things there used to be just wild stuff going on in the fan not net notes where someone would uh pretend that they were talking to the character and like say what they were gonna do in the chapter and the character's like wait what are you gonna do to me and like there was a whole like role-played scene (laughs) there sometimes i i mean i have not thank god seen that in ao3 i don't know i don't want to shame anybody for that kind of shit but uh that's hard a hard uh prequel to anything you write is like I I, I try to say don't apologize for what you're writing or don't give it a whole big lead-in. Just tell me what the fuck you're going to say, but that's maybe just what I prefer but I do like reading author's notes where they're like hey posted this at 2 a.m. I'll beta read it tomorrow. Leave me a comment. I love you. (laughs) Good night. I'm sorry grandma. Uh, I find those delightful. My own author notes are always kind of just like here's what I researched to figure this out. You didn't notice this tiny detail but I put a lot of effort into figuring out what they call the block system in Japan and I do need you to know that I did that.
1: (laughs) Those are also some of my favorite notes just are like reading all of the research that authors did and i'm like this is really really cool or like i've read a lot of fics that talk about queer history and they'll either cite sources at the end of the fix or they'll talk a little bit more about it you know they'll say you know here's what was going on in the background you know i mentioned this very small aspect in this fic but here's a little bit more context for it and i love that shit
0: that's so cool. when it'll like steer you another way and you can do some more research later or people who are like inspired by something. I like it when they'll be like, these people on Tumblr did this and I loved it. Or they're like, here's another fic that I like. You can link to fics that were inspired by or whatever, obviously. Mm-hmm. But sometimes people just like drop it in the tags
1: mm-hmm.
0: or drop it in the end notes. Right. <laughs> Don't drop it in the tags. That's weird. <laughs> I-,
1: I guess you could, but it would be. Difficult to it'd be more difficult. You you can't link stuff in there necessarily or quite yeah, as easily. Exactly. Yeah, we're getting close to the end of most of what I've got. Um, oh, another thing that I guess interests me a lot about the way that we tag fan fiction in general, but I think like particularly on Ao3 um, because the tagging system is so like, robust mm-hmm. and the way you know as I had mentioned earlier, I think with your Magnus Archives tag, like the way that communities are formed around this.
0: Yeah. Conventions appear. Yes.
1: Yeah. I mean, a lot of the trips that now I sort of like assume that everyone knows or that I kind of take for granted. I forget that they're not quite so common outside of AO3. (laughs) And so I think like with the tag system, it does assume some participation with or like familiarity with the fandom community that you're participating yes, in.
0: I love that. It's so interesting. Whenever I dive into a new one, I'm like, okay, what are the conventions here? What's the language yeah. that we use? What are some, I don't know, common things I see popping up? It's really fun to look as an outsider for that little brief period of time. And then I'm in it and I don't notice anymore, but oh,
1: it's mm-hmm. delicious. So at the beginning of lockdown one of my roommates I forget how we got into this conversation but I was talking about like fan fiction stuff and I mentioned some sort of tr- maybe it was something like you know fluff or like angst or like hurt comfort like something that's super super common that most people in fandom know mm-hmm. and my roommate asked what that meant and I was like oh boy <laughs> Oh, yeah. Time for a fandom primer. Yeah. And so we just sat down and talked for like half an hour about fan fiction and the different kinds of tropes and tags that you find in fan fiction. Um, to the extent that she actually like pulled up AO3 and started doing her own searches and finding her own <laughs> fix to read. Oh, yeah. Which, yeah, I was just absolutely delighted by. I forget that certain terms are not actually very commonplace if you're not actively participating in. Fan fiction culture.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, we've dropped some in this episode. <laughs> for sure. <shersies. laughs> I
1: mean, I I think I, I also assume that anyone who's listening to a fandom podcast is to some extent interested in or active within fandom. But I guess that's, that is an assumption. That's not necessarily true.
0: And it's kind of fun to see your own culture from the outside, too. If you start thinking yeah. about like, oh, right. I don't question what OTP stands for, but I do <laughs> know what it means.
1: Yeah, I think... There was a Tumblr post that went around a while ago. This was the one where it was just like a series of tags.
0: (laughs) Read them off, Becca.
1: I gotta read them off. All right, we have AO3, MCU, AAOU, ABO, BDSM, OT3, HS, AU, PWP. (laughs) And then somebody commented, the fact that this is completely understandable and rather descriptive makes me rethink what I've done with my life. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely true and I didn't want to picture some of that so
1: it's great <laughs> <laughs> this is completely understandable to me and it would be absolutely incomprehensible to a lot of folks that I know I think
0: I mean it's hard to because it's all uh initialisms mm-hmm. where you got AO3 which is archive of our own MCU Marvel Cinematic Universe AAOU which is uh, Avengers Age of Ultron ABO, which is uh, Alpha, Beta, Omega, which I don't want to talk about, uh, <laughs> BDSM, bondage, dominance. Uh, oh, God. Can I remember all of these? I is, can't it, rem- is it sadomasi- sadomasochism?
1: It's, is it the SM? I
0: don't uh, actually know
1: what BDSM stands for.
0: There's uh, bondage, domination, submission, sadomasochism. Yeah. Sadism and masochism. It, there's there's like is some overlap in within them mm. of what they all stand for, which I don't remember all of them. I'm terrible. Uh, it's not my <laughs> thing. Uh, OT3. Uh, OTP is one true pairing. OT3 means there's a threesome in it. H- HS, high school, AU, alternate universe, uh, PWP. I've seen this either plot what plot or... Porn um, without
1: or, plot. Porn without plot, yeah. Is the HS... I feel like the HS... Could be high school or could be, I've also seen HS used as Homestuck.
0: Oh shit, Which really? is what I thought the HS was. <laughs> oh, I thought it was high school. I never think about Homestuck. I've actually tried to read Homestuck too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I never have because... I did not know what it was for a really long time. And it was like, I was that meme where I'm like, I don't know what Homestuck is. And at this point I'm too afraid to ask. Oh
0: God, I did it because so many people that I liked who were webcomic artists were riffing on it. Mm -hmm. They made a whole website of their own fan comics of it. And it was really cool. Um, EK Weaver did one, Zach Morrison did one. It was fucking awesome. But I tried to read it and black and white comics give me a wicked headache. Mm. And also it was annoying. (laughs) I didn't enjoy it. (laughs)
1: It's not your jam.
0: It wasn't my jam. It was too long. I got panicky about how long it was and I couldn't find a plot with both hands. So I was like, I'm (laughs) fucking out while I still can.
1: That's fair. I think that's also one of the reasons why I just never got into it because the length was just, by the time I figured out what it was and then figured out how fucking long it was and that was Mm. daunting in and of itself. Yes.
0: I know it was a big in for people on fandom though. Like people really mm-hmm. got into it. I still see people cosplaying homestuck characters and I can recognize them on the streets. And I'm like, wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, no one's on the streets right, right now, but when <laughs> people were walking the streets, sometimes they were dressed as homestuck characters.
1: <laughs> uh, I mean, I think there's still homestuck meetups at most cons. Like I'm pretty sure last time I went to New York comic con, there was a homestuck meetup. Yeah. And that would have been in 2018, I think, because I didn't go last year. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's it's really big. And I guess it makes sense why people do Homestuck AUs. I only ever think high school AU when I see that. But yeah, that, that I can... I, I
1: think say. high school is probably more likely, but it's...
0: <laughs> I mean, it's not out <laughs> of the question. Nothing's out of the question, Becca. It's AO3. It's all on the table. It could
1: be anything. I would. I would like to think that with these tags that it is... Not a high school AU. Fair enough. (laughs) One of the few cases where it's better if it is (laughs) Homestuck.
0: Fair enough. I honestly block the AVO and PWP out of my mind when I see (laughs) that. So uh, we do have our fanfic and fandom jargons for sure.
1: Definitely, that's going to be another episode, too. I'm oh, excited yes. for that one. Yes, yes, yes.
0: <laughs> I'm, uh, yeah, I'm excited to get into the tropes episode, too, where we just talk about all of the tropes and whether we're, like, a yes and no maybe on it.
1: <laughs> yes. And, like, for what, because I feel like it depends on which fandoms, too. Like, there are some fandoms where I'm like, hell, yeah, I'm into this, and then there's some where I'm like, this just doesn't really fit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that totally makes sense.
0: Some, I feel like, are one-size-fits-all, though. Like Mm -hmm. there's some tropes out there where I'm like, I will anything, anything at all. Yes. I've seen it in romance novels too, or just books. I'll be like, oh, we have yet another sharing a bed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, how droll.
1: (laughs) You know what? I'm here for it.
0: So here. Or like, ah, a (laughs) snowstorm (laughs) and hot drinks. Yes,
1: please. (laughs) Mm, I wonder I wonder what you're gonna do. Are you cold? There is no heat in this
0: house? What shall happen? (laughs)
1: <laughs> i've read this a thousand times before and i still don't know what's gonna happen i still happen. need it i still need it
0: <laughs> my my thing I, this is the prequel to the tropes episode my thing is trucking fic <laughs> i've written so many and i read so many and i just am like all of you need to, to truck <laughs> long distances
1: i feel like that's a trope that I haven't actually gotten into, and now I feel like I'm missing out. That does sound amazing.
0: Well, it's just a road trip one, but you're strangers and one of you is a trucker, and that's very good for me. <laughs> it implies there's a baseball hat involved, and I like that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, this
0: is really important. Yeah, you can work songs in there, too. You're like, oh, the music changed. What's this? It's great. No, I'm trying to get everybody to write more trucker fic. I need
1: it. Please, please send me your like top five trucker fix. I will read them. Great. Excellent. Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if you have trucker fics to recommend, by the way, people, we did make a uh, email for our podcast. It is tforswears.pod at gmail.com. So if you got trucker fix to recommend, we want it. I want it. We'll get back in on it too.
1: Send us your trucker fix. Yes.
0: <laughs> well, Thank you all for listening to Tag T for Swears. Uh, as I said, if you want to email us about anything, we're at tforswears.pod at gmail.com. We're on all major podcasting apps. Thanks to being on Anchor. Yeah, and if you want to subscribe to that, like us, rate, review the the usual spiel. That'd be awesome. Leave a comment. I don't know if we could make this about AF3. <laughs> like like and comment. <laughs> give us a kudos. Us.
1: <laughs> yeah, give us <laughs> kudos. um you can also find us now on tumblr at tagged to you for swears.tumblr.com yeah
0: that'll be kind of the show notes for every episode the Um, author notes god yes (laughs) fine (laughs) (laughs) we'll do we'll stick with this convention
1: I'm going to insist on it because the just the pun possibilities here. The pun p-
0: possibilities are good. We are not endorsed by AO3 at all. We just really appreciate them.
1: <laughs> if this episode has proven one thing, it's that we just have a lot of feelings about AO3 and how great it is.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And thank you all for listening to us talk. See you next time. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Later. Late. <laughs> the end (laughs) work in progress whip I don't know